Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the I Like Birds podcast. I'm your host, Zach Rippey, and this podcast is dedicated to the non-believers, the confused believers, and the true believers, because I, at one time or another, was all three. So I'm here to help you get a better understanding of who Jesus is and what he's all about. So let's grow in our faith together. You learn as I learn. And just so you know, I like the Bible and I like words, so therefore, I like birds. Let's start the show. Beautiful humans, welcome to another episode of the I Like Birds podcast. I'm super excited you're here, man. This is my first episode I'm recording after uh, dropping the first two, and I dropped my blog post explaining why I want to do this. And I have to be honest with you guys, I am so overwhelmed with the amount of support, encouragement, and just love that I've gotten from so many friends, peers, family. And it's just been so beautiful to see that uh, the decision that I made to take this path is it seems like it's already going so well and it seems so filled. It has such a good foundation. It has people that are already listening, already reaching out, sh- tell me how much they already love the show. And it's not just like best buds being, you know, supportive. It's like people that you would never think would hit you up saying how much they're, they're a fan of the show. And I have a few messages that I already received that I want to share with you guys. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do it all at once. I think I'm just going to save it one per episode. Uh, I don't really know, but I'm going to read one today with you guys. And this is from God is moving, man. He really is. He He's moving through this season. And I really think this podcast is helping people already just by by the messages I've received and just the, the vibes we've been getting for it. And it's just truly special. I got this message from a gentleman named Tyler King. And Tyler is actually the brother of somebody I used to work with at Outback Steakhouse, uh, Tanner. I used to work with his brother named Tanner. And Tyler King is a friend of a friend of mine. So I've maybe met Tyler one or two times, you know, just casually, just because he recognized my face. I recognize his, but he's never sent me a message. We're not like good friends or anything like that, but he sent me this super great message that I think you guys are going to love. And I'm super excited to share with you guys today. All right. So it says, I love the podcast, man. I just listened to the entire thing. Jesus shook me up last night out of nowhere. And for some reason, I remembered seeing your post about following Jesus. So I just had to listen. God became just as real to me as my own self or my family last night. He allowed me to feel and get a quick glimpse of the overwhelming power of the spiritual side of the world. I haven't cried since my kids were born. I never cry. I take medication that prevents me from feeling emotion and showing emotion. I broke down to my knees, sobbing uncontrollably last night. I had the type of experience that you only hear about, but it's so hard to believe because it's never actually happened to me before. I now completely understand the obsession with God and the real true passion that some people have when they say they use their spiritual gifts and they're connected with God in a deep way. It was overwhelming and it has completely changed my life. I think it was a baptism of the Holy Spirit possibly. He gave me a surge of his power and gave me spiritual gifts out of nowhere. He completely blindsided me. I wasn't asking for it or anything. In the middle of my living room, he shook my entire life to the point that my kids didn't even know what was happening to me. Wow, right? Wow. And keep in mind, guys, I I doubted this podcast. I doubted uh, the path I was going. You know, the human in me came out. And as much as I was praying about it, I still had that human side of me that felt like, oh, uh, I'm not qualified to do this or uh, no, I'm not, you know, I haven't been in church as long as somebody else has. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can share what I know and feel comfortable with it. But guess what, man? Share what you know. And that's just all you can do. You can share what you know about Jesus and hopefully that somebody learns something from it and, and Jesus starts moving in their lives. And clearly 
with that example. And I have a few other ones that I'm going to share in a couple other episodes, but God is moving, man. And I, I'm really, I'm so grateful. Keep in mind, I read this message in the middle of the day, it just popped up out of nowhere. And I was at my buddy Jeff's house who also has a podcast called the weirdo. Check it out. And, uh, I'm on a, like four episodes. So we had some fun on there. Uh, a little bit different style than this one, but still we have some fun and conversations and get honest. And, uh, so yeah, I was at his house. We were barbecuing and stuff like that and just hanging out. And then I got that message and man, you know, like when you get a message or you get some kind of thing that comes through and you just can't think of anything else but that, like I was on cloud nine, I couldn't focus. I was just so happy because it was just such, it was such a realization that God like is doing the right thing in my life and I'm doing the right thing for him and for other people. And it just felt so good getting that message. So I truly appreciate it, Tyler. I truly appreciate you being a fan and a friend of the show. Uh, means the world. And I really hope that you take this and you spread it to others and you spread just the word and just help people come to know Jesus and you just fall in love with Jesus even more uh, than you were previously before. And man, it just makes me so happy to hear that because I know not only is it affecting Tyler's life, guess who else it's affecting? His two kids, his wife, his parents, you know, it's like, it's going to trickle down into that. It's like a, it's like a, a beautiful organic pyramid scheme. <laughs> now that's comedy. And the message we're going to be talking about today, it's only, I just finished reading Luke, all right? Luke was a great book. It's kind of similar to Matthew. So if you've read Matthew before and you'd rather read something else, and I would come back to Luke at another time when Matthew isn't as fresh on your brain. So it's a little bit different. It's just told in a different perspective and a couple other things that are in there that isn't in Matthew. And some, some things that are in Matthew aren't necessarily in the same thing that's in Luke. All right, so this one is going to be chapter 9, verses 23 through 27. We're only going to be talking about four verses today, but I think this is just so powerful, and I am I really think it relates to my life, and I think it can relate to your life as well. All right, so Jesus is speaking. So keep in mind, that's already going to be powerful. Jesus said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways and take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you yourself are lost or destroyed? Dude, isn't that powerful? Just four lines like that of Jesus talking, man, it's just so good. But like, let's unpack this. All right. Cause I felt at one time I was doing things for the world. Like the world's view of success was what I was chasing. Like this part of this verse is so important to me and it stuck out so much because it really reminded me of comedy. As much as I like seriously loved being on that stage, there were so many things before and after that moment that just didn't feel that good. Like being on stage and making people laugh and connecting with them for a few minutes and then getting off stage on that high note after you just crush. It's like one of the best feelings. I'm not saying I crushed a lot, but I did enough, you know? And But the thing is, before you go on stage every night, you have a constant anticipation that you feel all day. Like seriously, I would feel anxious all day knowing I had a show. And I started producing shows and like meaning when I was producing, it means I was like in charge of who was on them. I was in charge of how much the comics were paid and oh, the biggest responsibility of them all, making sure that an audience member showed up. So while it was a great feeling when people I knew actually did show up, it was an even worse feeling when they did it. Kind of reminds me of like that feeling of like when you're at a casino and you lose, like that feeling of losing is worse than the good feeling of winning. And I get it too. Like I get why people didn't show up. Like I understand. And it's people did show up. That's the thing. People did show up. Sometimes they did. Sometimes they didn't. But I understand how hard it is to like leave the house, buy drinks and a ticket for an amateur comedy show. 
And I always just felt rude about asking people to come. Like I just knew, I just felt like I was an inconvenience, you know, and I was trying to build a fan base and was kind of selfish thinking at times and just felt crappy when people didn't show up. Really did. But now think about this. Post coronavirus, getting people to show up to a room with people coughing, laughing loud with their mouth open, drinking and having to sit six feet apart from each other. Some people wearing masks at a comedy show. I don't know if I really want any part of that, dude. I don't. I don't. I really don't. Like, I just can't see myself being like, oh, this is fun, you know? And I feel, and I'll be honest, man, I feel like I was successful in comedy. You know, I was making good money. I was provided for my family with comedy. My wife got to stay home with our baby, which is like her dream. So I was letting her live her dream while I was living my dream. But I wasn't doing just comedy anymore. I really wasn't. I was producing, you know, I was like in charge of stuff. I was making posters. I was making tickets on my phone. I was printing them and cutting them out, going to Office Depot. I knew the lady at the Office Depot at the Office Depot line. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew her name. Like she recognized me every week because I was just going there and make tickets and flyers and posters. And I was responsible for making lineups. I was getting emails and Facebook messages all day, every day while I was with my family. Like my phone was blowing up. And as much as you might think that's cool, I did not like that. I do not like my phone blowing up. It sounded cool when I was younger, but that just sounds terrible now. And it just was terrible. Because like legit, when you're on it and you're around your family, you're seriously like in a whole other dimension. And yeah, I'm just not a fan of that. And it was always answering stupid questions too. It wasn't even just like important stuff only. It was always like, hey man, if I sign up for your mic on Mic Maps uh, and can't make my spot, what do I do? Um, you tell me you can't make it and you leave me alone. You know, you don't have to ask 45 questions to just tell me you're not going to show up. And it's crazy because, I mean, I was doing so much to make a name for myself and I was meeting with liquor sponsors. I was starting new venues. I was reaching out to potential ones. I was doing business with people that I don't really like or respect. Like, for example, one venue, they didn't even let comics get water without them buying something. I swear. They were like, you can get water out of the sink. And this was a venue that I had like a paid show for. And while I'm grateful for the opportunity of that venue, of course, that's just not how you treat people. That's not how you treat your performers. And that's that's not how people that believe in Jesus treat people. So on top of all that stress and doing all that and providing so much same time for others and just really helping the scene grow, I had to deal with the constant backlash from the main comedy club in town because they treated me like I was a threat to their business instead of a comic just trying to make it. Seriously, man, I went on this podcast called the Kill Tony Podcast and it's the number one live podcast in the comedy game. And it's a big deal to get on it. I was the first one chosen to get on it. And the, the host, Tony Hinchcliffe, asked me if I was uh, had any shows coming up because he knew I was a comedian. And then I said, yeah, tomorrow I'll be at Backdoor Comedy Club. And then Saturday I'll be at Dallas Comedy House. And I get off stage. And then next thing you know, I am banned from that comedy club that I was at for three months because I plugged another comedy club on the podcast stage. So I wasn't able to perform at three of the venues because I mentioned that I was performing at another club. So it's like you put up with all this stuff and yeah, it helped me go in my own direction. It made me realize I don't really need the club to make a name for myself and I didn't. But at the end of the day, man, this isn't why I started doing stand-up, man. All the politics, all the before and after, it just seems like that's not what I got into it for. And yeah, like I pushed myself into producing direction because like honestly, I didn't really have a choice because I was banned for three months. And I also wanted to make a name for myself in a big city like Dallas and Fort Worth, which it feels like I did. And I know I did. And I could probably go back at any time because I know the business. I know how to start making a name for myself again if I ever chose to do so. And man, I really thought it was going great. Like I was feeling like, man, I'm really doing this. And like, so I thought, 
because seriously having this free time and just really getting connected with God and also talking to my family and being around them and just talking to some buddies that do comedy as well. Like looking back, I was just started thinking about like how I felt every accomplishment or goal that I reached. It really wasn't fulfilling. It was like, I could never feel like I truly made it and was like living my purpose. Like I was so stoked to go hit the road and do Houston. And I remember I went to Houston to do shows and I did five shows and only one of them was respectful and that was in like ran good. And that was in a deli in the back of a deli, you know, to like an older crowd that was eating pastrami sandwiches and like, yeah, they were a good crowd and whatnot. But the rest of the other shows, the other four shows there were so trash and just so poorly ran. Like I, I was so excited. I got put on a show to do a benefit for kids with cancer and we get there and the whole bar is just people just yelling and just getting hammered. And it's like, wow, like this is a benefit for kids and, we can't even perform like stand up to people. You know, we drove for four hours to do this, you know, and granted we stayed in a decent hotel, me and my boy, Philip Garcia, and we had a good time, but it wasn't like the the experience of like what I thought like hitting the road was. And keep in mind, I've had like such great experiences of comedy. Like I, I don't regret any, any of it. Like it was just been such a good thing, but I seriously was on this hamster wheel of comedy. Like I needed my calendar to be filled and I didn't even take the time to think about how much of my family I was missing. Like I was just so focused on making it so I don't have to get a nine to five and be like everyone else. And to come to think of it, like I don't have to get a nine to five. I can be anything I want in this world. And I didn't want to ever quit doing comedy because I don't think there was anything out there that was better for me. And maybe there wasn't for those three years. And that's okay. You're allowed to change your mind, guys. Did you guys know that? It took me so long to understand that. I was clouded with that fear of judgment from people thinking, oh, he quit stand up. Oh, look, here's Zach pursuing another thing. But guess what, man? I'm not quitting stand-up to go work at Lowe's or Office Depot. Nah, I'm still moving at a very high frequency in my brain, and I'm challenging myself every day. I don't have a job right now, but you're crazy if you think I'm just sitting at my house on the couch. Nah, baby, I'm in the gym. I'm reading. I'm writing. I'm journaling. I'm researching. I'm leading a Bible study. I'm doing this podcast. I'm promoting it. I'm talking to other people about Jesus in real life and, and on, on emails and in the podcast world, I'm making phone calls and really connecting with other people who may be on their own spiritual journey and people who may have even done similar paths that I'm on. I'm connecting with everybody right now. And it feels so good to just, you know, have Jesus at the center of it. I'm getting my family squared away right now. I'm forming new habits. I'm cooking healthy food, lifting a little bit of weights. I'm actually stretching, which is so good for my back. And uh, did I mention I'm reading? actively reading three books plus the Bible, no bigs. And you can change what you're doing, man. That's the thing. You can change what you're doing and what you're pursuing, man. Trust me. Because some of you guys who've been my friends for a while, like since high school or a little bit after that, you guys know. I pursued so much stuff, man. I went, after high school, I went to college and then I graduated from the police academy. I won the defensive tactics award for my class. No big deal. Just hanging in my office right now looking shiny. Sorry, that was a little flex, but I mean, I had a flex to get the award a few times if you catch my drift. And then that fell through because I was a bit too honest about my past. Uh, basically, in my preliminary exam uh, at, a, at an agency in Lakeland, they asked me if I ever sold drugs. And I told them that I didn't sell drugs, but I did sell some weed to some friends in high school before. And bam, they said, we have a zero tolerance policy against selling narcotics. And then they blackballed me and they put on my file that information. So no agency wanted to have me come in for an interview. So it was a terrible feeling at the time, super discouraging. It was right around the time I met my wife, and I was super sad and bummed about it, especially since I was just being honest before the polygraph, and I worked legit four years towards that goal, four years of my life towards that, like waking up and running in the morning to the gym to lift and run back and then do that again at night. I was a lean machine, but also like that's why I won the defensive tactics score, so no big deal. 
but yeah, life happens for a reason, man. You can change. You can change what you want to do. So at that moment, I started pursuing music for a couple years. I was doing music while I was in the police academy, but I kind of took it a little more serious after that happened. And I made up a stage name called Barry Allen. And I released some music on SoundCloud and it kind of took off a little bit. And I built a nice little following without even putting my, uh, like showing it to my friends or family just because I just wanted to do it for me. And I eventually got a little publishing deal with Rodden Records uh, out in California. And they released my album that I made in my bedroom, which was super cool. And all the music, it was all pretty deep. It was like sad hip hop songs because I was going through a lot when I was recording it. Then I got married, so I stopped doing the music because I wasn't alone anymore. So I didn't feel any like kind of inspiration to make the music also because my life was getting better because I have a great wife. Then I did my lifelong dream of stand-up comedy. Right after I got married, I just completely got into it, invested in it. And I was like, all right, this is my it. Like the police academy didn't work out for a reason. Here we go. I love to make people laugh. I've been doing this my whole life as far as making jokes and just, you know, being a performer, you know, when I was in art and uh, art classes and thespians and all that stuff and drama and, uh, but now I just feel like my calling is not that. My calling is to really help people learn about Jesus and just really do what God is calling me to do and just actually listening to him, you know? And I realized that, like back to the verse, man, I realized that I don't want to hang on to my life. I want my life to be saved. I don't want the world anymore. I don't want what the world's view of success is. Like, I don't, I used to, ch- like, seriously, when I was doing comedy, I was chasing fame. And I don't even think I would like it. I don't even like when my phone blows up now. Imagine having an Instagram and all your comments blowing up of people just saying mean things to you on there. Like, I don't want that. You know, I want to just pursue God's calling for me and just reach people that way. You know, like, I'll be honest with you guys, man. If let's say I invited 30 people to a comedy show and 30 people came to the comedy show and I had an audience member full of 30 people there and I can tell my jokes and whatnot. I think that's like so dope. And I'll be honest with you guys. Each of the first two episodes got around 33 to 34 plays uh, each. So, like, I'm connecting with about 34 people to help, you know, bring them the word of God and bring them closer to Jesus. And I just think that's such a more purposeful way to live. And I'm just so excited and happy that people are enjoying this so far. And I was really like, dude, I was like expecting like two to four people to listen to this. But then I found out like, man, it just had legs of its own. People wanted this. People needed this. And I'm just so, I'm just so excited. And then so back to the verse, man, it talks about I, like not hanging on to your life. So let me ask you guys something that you can think about. What is something you guys hold on to? Do you hold on to like a secure check coming in every week? Because I know I would. But like, what are you doing in your free time if you're getting that check? You know, you're working that, you know, that nine to five or whatever job you have is good right now. You like where you're at. But like, what are you doing in your free time? Are you just relaxing through your free time? TV, Netflix, your phone? Is there something that you hold on to that's not even for you? It's for other people to prove them wrong? Because so many people, man, are afraid of change. Like, are you one of them? I feel like I'm changing my entire life. I was petrified to tell people that I'm not putting all my eggs in the stand-up basket anymore. But guess what? I'm 27. I have so much life to live. And so do you. Because I was afraid, man, but God helped me overcome that false negative emotion into just absolute pride. And I'm so proud that I want to pursue God now. Like, it feels so good now that I've, my bar is full of actually being 100% confident in my decision. And I'm so proud that I can change my life and be confident in my decision. And you can too, man. You pray to God and you ask for guidance and help to do that. If you want, if your dream is to, you know, go uh, serve people in uh, Kuwait. And you have a heart for Kuwait. You pray about it and you find a way to get there. You know, he'll show you the way to get there. I mean, that's the weirdest example. But Kuwait, it speaks out, has weight. (laughs) Uh, I'm goofy. 
but yeah, you can do anything, man. Just really got to self-believe. You got to pray. You got to really just get invested with the God. And if you want to change some things about your life, I promise you this works. Pray about it once a day. I have a chalkboard on my nightstand that says one word. It says pray. So I see it every night before I go to bed and every morning when I wake up. And I got the idea from my brother-in-law in a coma. And dude, it helps me so much. Because before I get in bed, I see it and I think about it. And then right before I fall asleep or right while I'm watching TV or right before I even put on the TV, I'm talking to God for a little bit. And then after I get out of bed in the morning, which I don't do this as much as I should, but when I get out of bed in the morning, I see it and then it reminds me to pray a little bit later in the day. I don't pray as soon as I wake up, mostly because I'm in pain from my back being in, and whatnot and then Malachi screaming in my face. But... Pray for what you want, pray for what you need, and pray that you want to seek Jesus. Because if you pray to God and ask him to help you see the way, it works. Ask him to help you get closer to him. I promise you it works because he wants that for you. If you call out to him, he wants to uh, give you those prayers answered. Okay, so think about that. Maybe you do the same. Maybe you can do like a little sticky note by your bed. You can do a little note by your bed that says pray. It really helps. So that's a little, a little inside baseball for you. Also, it says in the verse that we're, we're going over today, it says, Jesus says in the very beginning of that verse, he says, turn from your selfish ways. So I want you to actually think about what your selfish ways means, because it can mean so many things. It can be as simple as, do you live through your phone and you're worried about Instagram and other people's ideas on Twitter? Do you, do, are you kind of invested in that rather than invested in yourself or your family or just your free time or your time alone with God? And I'll be honest, I, when I read this, the thing I thought about was comedy again, because it's like, do I want to do comedy every night? Yeah, kind of. It's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty great. It seems like you're it's, you're in the fast li- life and fast lane and making people laugh. And, you know, you're you're in a community of p- funny people all the time. You're bouncing ideas off each other. You're roasting each other. It's a great place to be, you know. But here's the question. Do I want to be selfish and not pursue him every day? Do I want to go back to not being a good husband and a present father? No, I don't. Because Jesus tells us how important it is to be there for your family. I was, but I wasn't. Seriously, man. Like when I was home... I was pretending to be present. I was thinking about my next move, man. I was constantly in my head about stand-up. I didn't even have, I didn't even enjoy the victories, man. Like the new venue, the new weekend booked at, at Waco, uh, the new the new uh, liquor sponsor, the, the new accomplishments. I didn't even appreciate it. It was just like they were expected because I was working so hard. I was like, yeah, I'm working so hard. Hey, guess what? This, this thing is going to happen because my, my mindset was so strong and I truly believed in myself and I was getting those things, but it wasn't fulfilling. What is fulfilling is Jesus and the way to live and understanding your relationship with him and, and whatnot. And I'm going on day about, about that, but let's move on. Cause like also in comedy, man, I'll tell you the truth. You know how many times I got made fun of for even believing in God amongst other comedians? Seriously. So much. Like I get made fun of for wearing a cross on my necklace. I get, I get called the, the, the Christian comic. You know, just just for being a little clean on stage and just actually not, you know, acting like I don't believe in God. You know, I, I didn't play the role of it was basically for some reason. I don't know why the community makes you feel dumb and uncool for believing in God, which is so crappy because knowing what I know. Yikes. Living with purpose, doing good, being good, helping people and eternal life doesn't sound dumb to me. With that being said, though. I think God used me in stand-up, man. I really do. Like, I met so many people doing it and really just connected with a lot of souls and felt like I did a good job of being a light in the community. Like, I always just tried to treat people with respect, show some love, put money in people's pocket that they, they didn't have before, and just really show others what is possible with hard work and dedication to an art form. And I wasn't the funny on stage in town, 
but you really couldn't tell me I wasn't the hardest working. And I feel, feel like I really help people, you know, help move their own shows. I really help them understand that you can do this. You can reach out to a venue. Somebody asked me to meet up 30 minutes before one of my own mics so that they can get an open mic. And we sat down and just talked about how to do that. And like, what if I, so with all, with all that being said, right, of all this stuff about comedy and all the energy I put into it, like I started thinking like, what if I use that same energy to do this podcast or write a book or read the book or these writing sessions or my weekly Bible study. Like I accomplished a lot in those three years of standup and I wasn't even that funny. Like imagine all I could accomplish for Jesus. Imagine all you can accomplish just by investigating your faith on a deeper level. Like imagine putting your head on the pillow at night and when you start getting those dark thoughts about life, cause I do that a lot and I'm sure other people do. And when those dark thoughts come in and those sad things or whatever's like go, you're going through, just start thinking about Jesus and what he's all about, and, like, what he did for us. You know, like, he died for the people that treated him like trash. Do you guys realize that? He died for the people that beat him. He died for the people that mocked him while he was on that cross. He died for the people that said that they loved him and that they didn't do anything about to stop that that treatment. He died for the disciple Peter. And if you guys don't know, I'm going to try to explain this the best way I can. Peter's a, one of his disciples, right? He was, like, Jesus' right-hand man. And Peter decided to deny Jesus three times when Jesus was captured by the Jewish leaders before being put to death. So Peter, who loved Jesus so much, his humanness came out and he acted like he didn't even know Jesus in a time of, 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 of trauma, of a time of things are going to be terrible for Jesus after this moment. And keep in mind, Peter did this when it was just a day before he told Jesus, and I quote from the book of Matthew or Luke, one of the two. Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even die with you. Jesus even predicted that Peter will deny him three times and he still loved Peter until the very end. And even when he resurrected and he came back and had another dinner with the disciples and to tell them about what what's next to come and what they have to go do, he had no bad feeling towards Peter. After all that, if your friend did that to you, you'd hate them. Yet Jesus died for that guy. Jesus died for that guy that denied him in front of all these people and was like, yeah, I don't even know that guy. I don't even know him. Who that? Oh, no, I don't know that dude. That, that, that dude got long hair and sandals. I don't really know that dude. Yet Jesus died for that guy. He died for you. He gave you a chance to believe in him and give glory to God for the life that you've been given. How powerful is that? So let me tell you something. When you're down about this life, Seriously, man, just start thinking about Jesus and how good he is, and I guarantee your whole mood changes. That's why reading the Bible is so important, so you can be at one with knowing exactly who Jesus is and what he did for us every day, because I promise you'll live a more purposeful life. Seriously, like, I was going through something this whole week, man, of just something like, you know, I was just going through it, man. I was just, I was thinking about something that, like, kept, you know, hurting my my feelings and, like, my heart. And I was just like, all right, let me think about Jesus. And then my energy would shift. You know, I'd be like, all right, man, I'm good now. I'm good. Thank you. All right, thank you. Pray this. Pray for peace, you know. And then, you know, you can do that. You can do that anytime once you start forming that relationship with him. And guys, this episode was super personal. And I did my best to teach and share where my head is going forward. Just so you guys know as a listener that I'm all about this podcast. I'm all in. But this isn't just a podcast. It's a platform to help people. People I care about. Uh, complete strangers. Who the more you love Jesus, the more you start to care about these total strangers because you understand that these total strangers one day might come and meet Jesus so they don't know Jesus yet and you're trying to just get on that same frequency because if they're saved, 
one day they won't be total strangers. Because the Bible says that these people are now your brothers and sisters because they believe in Jesus with you. Like, how powerful is that? And I promise you guys, if you start being about Jesus and listening to this and reading your own Bible and just really just start talking to people about Jesus, your whole life is going to start moving in a powerful direction from within, man. Walking with Jesus helps with so many things like anxiety, depression, and other things we think we're going through. Also, I read this book. This I'm reading this book. I haven't finished it yet. By David Platt called Radical. And he says, when hearers of the gospel, they call on the name of the Lord and when they call on his name, they will be saved. So if you're listening to this and and it's starting to help you believe, you know, and you're starting to investigate faith a little bit, I pray to God that you ask him to show you more. Just be like straight up, God, please show me more. Like I, I'm listening to the pod. I, I'm opening the Bible a little bit. Show me more. Like let ask him to, to speak to you, man. Because praying, dude, praying is so confusing for a new believer. Like it took me so many years to understand it and I'm still kind of learning it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But something that helps me pray is this phrase that I use. Okay. It's called I text God. And I got this from my buddy Trent Anderson. Uh, he said that he did this. Uh, he texts God throughout the day. So kind of like how you would text, you know, your mom something like, hey, mom, I uh, just went to Target, picked up uh, some red shoes. So basically, I do the same thing with God. I'm going to just send him a quick mental text. And it can be so simple as this. Dear God, please help me see you more. Please help me grow in my faith. Amen. So you just do that throughout the day, randomly, something small like that. Guess what? You're still praying. You're just praying in your own way. And it's a fun way, you know, because it's quick. It's it's kind of like a little, you know, just a little, hey, God, I'm thinking about you in this moment uh, when I'm out with my buddies. Like I did it last night and I was hanging out with uh, my buddy Jeff and Jorge. I just like put my head down and just started talking to God and it's like appreciating like the moment that I was having with my friends, you know, the good people and good company, good weather, good food, good drinks, good Topo Chico's, you know, it's like you you can do that. You can just thank God in the moment for stuff. And I, I just ask him to get me home safe, you know, let my family be okay. You know, let this, these ribs not mess up my stomach too much because you boy get gassy after ribs. But yeah, man, just text God. I mean, you text Tinder girls more than that, my dude. Text God, you know? Ask him to show you something special. Ask him for signs. And I promise you, if you do that with sincerity and consistency, I promise you he will reveal himself to you because everyone who calls to him is saved. Don't call just once. Call every few days and then turn in the daily and then throughout your day and you start to want to talk to him more. I promise you will want that relationship there. It's like when you start dating a girl, it's like a you know, you ask her to the coffee. Hey, uh, when can I see you again? Oh, a few days, you know, like uh, I got to check my schedule. And then you go see her for a few days. And then, oh, hey, when can I see you next? Yo, uh, come on, tomorrow's Friday. You want to like go do some? And then Friday and then, hey, you want you want to be my girlfriend? And then, then she's your girlfriend. And then next thing you know, you're texting every day. You're talking every day, you know, throughout the day, not just once a day. And that's how you got to treat God. God is like a relationship, man. Jesus is a relationship. And I'll be honest, man, if you're listening and I kind of struggle with this because I don't want this podcast to be just for the non-believers. I really want it to be for everybody, you know, like seriously, the the non-believer, the confused believer and the true believers, because I want to touch all three of that, those groups of people. Because like if you're listening and you already believe, guess what, Jack? We're now responsible to reach others. We are the plan of God. We are the servants he sends to others, even when it's hard in our culture to talk about Jesus. Man up and do it because God promises us that he will give you the right words to say at the right time because we are his ambassadors. There's not one verse in the book of Acts where the gospel advances to the lost people apart from human interactions. So therefore, that means it's on us, dude. 
because it takes people to help others find Jesus because we are his ambassadors. God decided to use us, not use dreams, not use technology or robots or anything else. It's up to the people. It's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to all of us to spread the word if we believe. If we're believers, we have to spread the word. All right? That means like in your casual conversations, at dinner, with your family, with your friends, uh, coworkers, I don't know. Maybe you can just like drop a little bit of hints. I don't want you to get in trouble with HR, but you know, maybe at, at lunch or coffee or something, you can, we, when you're by the water cooler, be like, <coughs> hey, this water is good. Huh? God is good too, right? All right, cool. You know how to get a little silly on you. I'm going to keep doing a little bit of comedy in the podcast. Keep it kind of lighthearted. Uh, Cause if not, I'm gonna have to go back out there and start doing too much stand up, and I need to focus on the podcast. So, I really appreciate you guys listening, man. It means the world to me. It seriously does. All I ask for you is, man, if you just enjoyed it, if you want to help out the show and you learned something and you feel good about it, do me a favor, man. Do all of us a favor. Do Jesus a favor and send it to a couple of your family uh, members and your friends that you think might enjoy it. And you don't have to publicly share it. And if you don't want to, because like honestly, it's it's like kind of less genuine. I like I seriously love when somebody direct messaged me something and they liked and enjoyed. Like for instance, my buddy Armani sends me a song. Chances are I'm gonna listen to it way more than if he just posted it on his Twitter or something like that, you know, or his Instagram. So it's like it's more genuine. It comes off as like, yo, I really want you to listen to this. I thought about I thought about you while listening to this. I think you'd really enjoy it. And then my chances of listening to it go up when somebody messages me directly rather than me just seeing it on your Instagram story or something. So just help spread the gospel that way. And let's just keep growing in our faith together. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. All the encouragement I received when I dropped the news. You guys are great. God is good. God bless y'all. Have a great week. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Take care.